Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard and this is a special edition of Radio Brews News. Today, Scottish brewery Brewdog has announced Brisbane will be the home of its new Australian brewery. The Queensland capital beat out rival Newcastle and even the unknown contender South Australia for the brewery's attention. I had the chance to sit down with Brewdog's Australian director, their top dog as she is known, Zara Pryor, and founder Martin Dickey for a quick chat about the brewing company's plans, why they chose Brisbane, and also a little bit about Brewdog's place in the craft beer firmament. With a relatively short time together and so much to discuss, I didn't get to go over quite a few topics about Brewdog generally, but we still managed to cover quite a bit of ground. We will hopefully get an opportunity to chat further with Zara about the brewery, her plans for Brewdog Australia, and also find out a little bit more about Zara herself as the brewery build progresses. Enjoy my chat with Brewdog's Zara Pryor and Martin Dickey. Guys, welcome to Australian Brews News. Zara Pryor and Martin Dickey uh, from Brewdog, um, Australian top dog and first dog, or equal first dog. One of the Brewdog. first dogs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, old big, dog, maybe. <laughs> old, old dog. Oh, no. Can we teach you some new tricks, uh, which we're about to find? Surfing. <laughs> Surfing. Big news today, um, you've just announced that uh, Brewdog is coming to Australia and you've announced the site, it's going to be Brisbane. Um, maybe Zara, you're the top dog in Australia, you can tell us a little bit about um, the work you've been doing and why Brisbane? Oh look Matt, it's been an amazing six months travelling back and forth between Newcastle and Brisbane. We'd shortlisted those cities because we were looking at places which we felt had really great communities that Brewdog could become a part of but also that had um, an up-and-coming kind of craft beer scene that we could become part of as well. Um, Brisbane has won that bid and it was an incredibly close call. I've loved the time I've spent down in Newcastle. Um, for us, it really came down to the community, the site, and the support we've certainly received from all the locals in Brisbane eager to have Brewdog call Brizzy home. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about the site. Uh, under the Gateway Bridge at Murray, Um what was the attraction there? It's certainly not, uh, regard, it's not a beer destination at the moment. It's not even really a uh, tourist destination at the moment. Um, you're obviously planning on making one. What was, did you see as the potential for the site? Um, for us with that site, absolutely love that it's riverfront. So it is going to be a little bit of a trek, uh, probably a driving destination, but we're going to have so much car parking available. Um, we love that already there in the Metroplex Industrial Estate, there seems to be a bit of a community. Um, there's a lovely little park further inside that's got a little lagoon. But being right on the river, we get a lovely view across to the golf course. We're right underneath the bridge. Um, and for us, it was more about how we could draw people out there and make it somewhere that people would want to come to visit. Um, great for distribution in terms of being right on the motorway to get south to service the other markets like, like Melbourne and Sydney. It's not really well serviced by public transport. Do you think that you know, drink driving laws are a, a big thing in, in, south, in south east Queensland? Do you think that that's going to count against you as being a destination uh, for the brew pub? Uh, we don't think so, and certainly with our experience, I guess, operating in the UK and in the US, uh, we hope that people will come and drive out to us. We also think it's pretty convenient Uber distance from town as well. Um, we'll, as I said, have plenty of parking available, um, and the tap room is going to be dog-friendly and family-friendly. We want people to come and stay for the afternoon, enjoy the view, enjoy the breeze on the river, and uh, hang out with us. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the brewery that's uh, being planned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Martin, you're the, uh, the, the the brewer, so uh, tell us about what you're going to build there. Yeah, so it'll be a 50 hectolitre um, brewery, 
uh, and also amazing tap room out the front overlooking the overlooking the river mm -hmm. uh, and then it's just you know working on what we've been doing hard for the last 10 years is, is making our beer better uh, every year so it's learning from our mistakes and then making sure that the equipment that we're putting in will be making the best beer that we've, we've ever made. So we've talked a little bit uh, with Zara already about why Brisbane. Um, I guess the question for you is why Australia? You're building a brewery in uh, China at the moment or you've got plans to build a brewery in China. You've just built one in the in the US. Australia isn't the biggest beer market and if you've got a brewery in China, the region would uh, be reasonably well serviced. Definitely, but in, in terms of, I guess, personal ambition, um, you know, since we, we started the brewery, um, but, had kind of three things that we really wanted to do. One was uh, start our, our, our own uh, bar, which was the first one in Aberdeen. Uh, another one was have a little distillery, which was Lone Wolf, which, which started last year. And the other one was have, have a, a brewery operation in, in, in Australia. And uh, it's kind of close to my heart because my brother lives, he moved out to Australia 10 years ago, so he's now a, a citizen of Perth. Um, so it was always an nice ambition. Scottish to, name there. Yeah, <laughs> always an ambition to have have uh, fresh beer in, into the Australian market, and we also thought it was pretty a good idea to put it as far away from Perth as possible, so that he's not rocking up expecting a free beer every night. <laughs> <laughs> um, you when we uh, I've talked to Zara um, off um, line um, before and. What was it about the uh, attraction of Brisbane and uh, and um, Newcastle, apart from being uh, away from your brother? Yeah, I, I mean the the East Coast is is kind of where it's all all happening. You know, there's there's some great great breweries out, out in the West Coast, but you know I think the East Coast is is where the the, the population is of Australia, and uh, you know just being here for a couple of days, it's kind of like paradise. So this morning I woke up at, at uh, five o'clock and half past five had a run along the, the beach at Surfer's Paradise where I'm staying just now. And, you know, I, I can't think of anything better than, you know, having a, a brewery here. It's so much about that uh, outdoor lifestyle and, uh, you know, having fun, um, especially myself and James now, you know, we've got young families and it's, it's just getting the, I think the, the right, uh, you know, outlook on, on what beer can be, you know, it's, it's very much a, a thing to be enjoyed with friends and family. So I think this is a perfect spot to have it. Um, last year, I think Queensland uh, had 17 breweries, Brisbane saw seven open. What does Brewdog bring to, to Brisbane or bring to the East Coast that isn't here already? And is there a risk that you might be uh, sucking a little bit of oxygen out of the local market? I, d I don't think so. I think um, hopefully an anywhere that we... Uh, that, that we uh, start a brewery, be it in, in Columbus, Ohio, or, or, or Ellen in Scotland, or, or, or here in, uh, in Brisbane. It's, for us, it's all about just making fantastic beer. And, you know, uh, the whole team, um, which is, you know, the part of the business that I work in and the in production side, everyone's there, you know, day in, day out to make beer better and to understand more about how we're making beer. And uh, as, as we are as a, as a company, we're very open about, you know, the mistakes and uh, learnings that we've gathered over those ten, ten years. You know, we, we have all our recipes published for for anyone to see, and, and we're doing a lot of research at the moment with um, with hops and with um, lager fermentation, and you know, anything that we're learning, we really want to help and and spread amongst the the, the brewing community, um, and, and help other people not make the mistakes that we've made along the way. You know, 
Zara, you've been uh, heading up the search for a site and doing a lot of negotiations with the Queensland and New South Wales governments, the local councils. Mm -hmm. They're obviously quite keen to attract a bit of excitement um, to the industry. Is there a risk that there might be some blowback from local brewers who, you know, at, at worst uh, or at best have sort of met with some state government indifference to, to what they're doing um, and at worst have actually had roadblocks uh, put in their way? You guys seem to have been courted um, to, to, to come. Is that a basis for tension early on in the relationship? Oh look, I'd hope not because while it's a factor certainly in our decision to choose South East Queensland, if it was all about the government incentives we'd probably be going to South Australia. Um, I think for us that's something that we can't change, is that we are a business that was born in Scotland um, and we're now coming over to open um, a branch here in Australia. But I hope that people see from the philo philosophy of how that business is going to be run that we really want to become part of the Australian craft beer community. And if we do have learnings from our 10 years of experience making great beer, um, that we can share them with the people here in Brisbane and with Australia across the broad. You know, we're going to be very open with how we do things and what we've learned along the way. And more than anything, we're excited about collaborating with the local breweries. And if we can in any way use our kind of brand and how well we're perhaps known in the UK and in America for brewing great beer, how can we use that to really help put Brisbane and on the map as a beer destination? So our approach is certainly going to be really open and really collaborative. And so far from the breweries I've spoken to, they seem really excited about working with us to, um, yeah, grow the pie, grow the share of craft beer here in Australia. Um, we might step back a little bit and uh, introduce Zara Pryor, who uh, probably is a household name in the Australian craft beer world. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came uh, on this journey to end up being top dog in Australia. <laughs> um, I guess for me, my beer journey actually began in Sydney when I was at university. So I had the pleasure of working at Red Oak Boutique Beer Cafe um, as a bartender while I was studying. And they were really the first people to introduce me to beer. They had an amazing bar manager, Simon Beveridge, who taught me a lot about beer. When I ended up traveling over to Scotland um, just to visit one of my best mates who'd fallen in love with the Scotsman in Glasgow, the very first thing she did was hand me a Brewdog beer mat and say, Zara, you would absolutely love these guys. They've just opened a pub down the road. So I wandered in and became a uh, customer and a fan of Brewdog for about my first 12 months uh, living in Scotland until I saw the graduate scheme advertised. Um, I was actually on my way to move back to Australia and the last job I applied for before I made that decision was the grad scheme with Brewdog. And I remember that interview with James really well. It was an hour and a half long and he put me through my paces. Um, and so exciting to be able to join him um, as his graduate. Uh, working initially on sort of marketing projects, I did a lot with our Equity for Punks um, and community. I did photography, I wrote blogs. Um, before as Brewdog were going through a pretty massive growth curve, James gave me the opportunity to run their people department. So in my time as sort of HR manager and then head of people, grew that people team to about 13 employees as the actual Brewdog team grew from 100 to 600 employees. So amazing growth, amazing change from Fraserburgh moving to Ellen. Um, I then decided to come back home and that's when we first met uh, last year while I was working for, what was it, year before now? Year before now. A while ago now, yeah, Stone yeah, and Wood. Working for Stone and Wood down in Byron Bay. So an amazing landing pad and an amazing business to have joined. I uh, loved my time working with Stone and Wood uh, down south. Um, Brewdog came knocking when the TSG group partnership, I guess, uh, happened and Australia really became something that went from being on the wish list to let's do it now list. Uh, and James gave me a call and I came back on board. 
It's, it's been a remarkable journey. A lot of people do bar work when they're at university, um, but don't necessarily make a career particularly. And there aren't too many uh, brewery industry people that I can sit down with over a beer and have the entire Arab-Israeli conflict explained uh, <laughs> to me uh, with footnotes and historical references. Um, so you've been on a fairly incredible journey to uh, you know, sort of go from a very unrelated field of study mm. to work for breweries and work in HR and <laughs> do the, 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 the stuff you've done. What is it about beer um, for you that has sort of lured you away from uh, some of your other interests and pursuits? Um, for me, it is absolutely that sense of community. Um, I have always loved the people that I've met, whether it was at Red Oak and even some of the customers over the bar through... I actually worked for another brewery in Glasgow for a little while and... To me, there was something about the craftsmanship and the passion of the people involved. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, we're making beer and it's a wonderful thing to be enjoyed. And it's all about, in my view, community and friends and taking some time out from some of the awful things in the world, like the Arab-Israeli conflict, which I can wax on about, um, and just appreciating the moment. <laughs> I haven't hit you with one of those conversations yet, did you? <laughs> yeah, just, just appreciating the moment. So for me, I think... More than anything, I stayed in Scotland for four um, years of some pretty gruelling winters. Um, and for me, a lot of it really was about BrewDog and the passion of the people that I got to work alongside. Um, some of the peers that I kind of had who are still with the company doing amazing things through to um, ex-colleagues who are now working for Yakima and in all sorts of different places around the world. It's an industry that's so open, so collaborative. And even when I started out as um, HR manager, I remember I dug out the details of Sierra Nevada's director of people and I popped her a line from you know BrewDog at the time wasn't very big and I popped her a random note on the off chance she'd help me out and I got an invitation to the craft uh, the HR brewers conference um, over in the USA and from the get-go I've been so grateful for the people who've been so open with me when I was learning that I certainly see that as something that I want to support and encourage and make sure we continue here in Australia it's a very open industry and as much as we can communicate with and collaborate with each other, I think it's fantastic. That's what I love. There's a whole lot I'd uh, like to follow about your experiences in the Australian industry, but we might keep this to BrewDog today. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on. No, no, we'll get you on uh, another podcast um, Thanks, at some stage to talk a little bit. <laughs> sure, I'd love that. Uh, um, but two things that Zara did bring up um, was the BrewDog um, partnership with uh, TSG or mm -hmm. the sort of equity stake that uh, TSG took in. Um, there's obviously been a lot of um, suggestions that when you've got private equity, e equity partners that, you know, what's the difference between that and selling out to a brewery? Um, and there's some great um, uh, Goodbye Hunting uh, interview with James talking about some of those yep. things. When, when you do come to set up in uh, another country, you've got bars right around the world, is, is there a risk that we are now starting to see, you know, BrewDog become uh, Hard Rock Cafe, you know, where people are going to start wearing BrewDog Brisbane, BrewDog uh, China, BrewDog uh, Bologna, you know, uh, Bologna um, t-shirts, and it, it's just a generic... Um, brand that uh, is around the world what keeps the punk in uh, brewdog these days i think two things one that are you know our, our philosophy and it's james and myself that that steer the company um and and all we want to do is we've got a very simple mission is to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are and um our focus is purely on making the best beer possible so the fact that we can come to australia now and have a 
a brewery in Brisbane means that that you can have punk IPA that's you know less than a week old, as opposed to what you get now, which is probably three months old at you know at best. And and that that makes a big difference when it comes to to beer quality. Anything that's hop forward, the, the fresher you get that beer, the better. Um, so anything we can do to make sure that we are shortening that distance between ourselves and the end beer drinker is something that we're super super passionate about. And you know, the, the Brewdog's had its share of controversies and uh, criticisms over the years, but one thing that I don't think I've ever heard anyone, uh, particularly over the last four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, talk about is the quality of the beer. It, it, it's been sort of a praise uh, for, for the quality of the beer. Um, but when we, we see Brewdog's growth, you're setting up in Australia, there's a lot of great breweries making uh, sort of nice hop forward beers um, here. And that comes back to, you know, Sure, we can get Brewdog fresh if you set up a brewery over here, but what does that add to the to the local landscape that we're perhaps not seeing uh, from breweries producing hot forward beers here already? Mm, ho- hopefully, a full level of, of attention to detail and consistency that, that is, is very difficult to get. You know, we've been doing this for for ten years now, and, and our team's sole focus in, in, in Ellen is is making the the best and most consistent beer we can, and that that comes. With a lot of um, sort of research and hard work as well, in terms of understanding that that process, which you know it can be as simple as you like, or it can be as difficult as you like, and you get people that will look at some little some little gene in uh, in yeast, and that'll be their whole career. But um, what what we're after now is just a, a more um, in depth understanding of that process and making sure that we can make punk IPA better next year than we're making it this year, and, and really focusing on that. The other thing is. Is the relationship you need with some of your uh, raw material suppliers, and and that takes a long time to build. And, and whether it's going right back to into Yakima, where we have a absolutely fantastic relationship with the, with the hop growers in uh, in Yakima, and, and hopefully we can do something similar in, in Australia as well. And uh, you know, really try try and help push that side forward as well, because what what uh, a hop farmer is trying to do is maybe not necessarily what's best for a brewer. Um, you know, get, just maximising yield is maybe not what makes the very best beer, and it's just being able to, 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 to kind of go into that depth and have that, um, I guess, reach into the whole supply chain to understand uh, how you know how we are making our beer better, and hopefully, if we can make our beer better and and uh, help some of the, the supply chain along the way, whether it's a hot farmer or a malt supplier, you know, maybe that can help everyone else make slightly better beer as well. But I guess. Uh Going back to the to the nub of the question is you could have done all of those things staying in Scotland, you know, for example, because you you, you could have uh, worked on all of those things growing from from your base. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming to Australia and you know, dare I say colonising, you know, creating a colony in Australia or creating a colony in America, um, when there are already so many breweries, uh, how does that growth ref, you know um, make you different from? You know, multinational breweries that are owned you know, by Anheuser-Busch or some of the other... Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've got a, a great layer of, of uh, Brewdog fans in, in this country and, and, you know, with our equity punk community, we've over 70,000 people that, that, that love our beer uh, worldwide. I think we, we kind of owe it to them to make sure that if they are based in Brisbane or they're based in Perth or in, a, in Sydney, that they can get, you know, our beer as fresh as possible. Um, so, you know, it's maybe not beer for every single person in Australia, but for the people that love Brewdog, we want to make sure that we're giving them the best beer that we can make. What do you, 
one of the things that fascinates me about beer and uh, you know I used to when I started you know Red Oak was one of my very early influences as well it's a, I don't know if you know it but they were uh, well ahead of the market um, going back 10 12 years and uh, you know very early on I saw beer as being the new wine it was something that was you know very under underrated once it had flavor it could pair it with food it could go to a whole range of different occasions than just drinking as a swill um, but as I as my beer journey has gone on I've come to realize that there are some fundamental differences between beer and wine um, for example wine is grown you know wine is made where it's grown the, the, the grapes are grown it's they talk about terroir they talk about the flavor of the soil it's almost a postcard from the place that the grapes were grown mm -hmm. beer on the other hand the ingredients have always been highly transportable but the beer itself hasn't been and you've talked about getting beer fresh um, making it here uh, Australians will be able to drink fresh brew dog but does that then take away um, from what I call the cultural terroir where uh, beer styles spring up because the ingredients can be sent anywhere the beer styles actually have that terroir and Brisbane you know it's uh, 28 29 degrees very humid mm -hmm. you're going to drink a different beer here than you would in uh, Edinburgh, for example, where a summer's day might be you know, 15 <laughs> degrees and overcast. Um, and the beers that, that the beer styles that spring up, uh, there is a question here and I'm uh, working <laughs> to it, but beer styles spring up in the um, culture um, that they're growing. Can you transplant the Brewdog culture to another country and still um, stay true to that idea? Or do, do you accept that beer has a cultural terroir and can you stay true to that if you... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, but in, in terms of, if you think where we, where we started the company in the northeast of Scotland, you know, we're using 95% American hops, the other 5% are coming from New Zealand, so, um, you know, that, that's not terroir that belongs in Scotland, um, and, and so I think the beauty of beer is that is that you are able to make it around the world, and we're getting new ingredients from ingredients from Yakima, we're getting uh, malt from Scotland, we're getting some malt from England, we're getting some you know, some speciality German malt and, and the beauty I think in beer is that you can take those influences from wherever it is in the world in terms of ingredients but also in terms of style as well and do a, a, your interpretation wherever that is and you know the beauty of being out in, in Australia now is that you know we've got access to a new set of ingredients that perhaps we never have uh, had before so whether that's um, you know some some awesome Shiraz barrels from Barossa Valley, or or uh, a special herb or, or plant that's grown locally, or um, you know there's there's so many. I mean Australian hops, for example. I mean we've, we've touched on a few before in in, in Scotland with with Galaxy and, and a couple of others, but we haven't gone into any real detail of, of what amazing hops are grown in Australia. And you know that's what having a, a, a brewery out here allows us to do is that we'll have a, a team of expert brewers here that are able to you know, work work from the brewing principles we've developed over over 10 years and uh, undoubtedly using some some uh, American hops for sure because they, they make the, the backbone of the majority of our IPAs but it's that new search or, or new ability to go and find out you know what awesome things are available in uh, mm. in, in, in Australia you know is it a, an incredible um, whiskey cask from Tasmania that we can then age an incredible beer that we've brewed here as well. So, yeah, we're kind of opening, I think, a, a whole new chapter of what Brewdog's about.
And it all, I think, feeds back to what we know at head office. So even with Columbus, we're doing different things for the local market there. One of the things I'm most excited about when I finally have a team and a brewery is what kind of beers we could adapt or create that are brewdog specific for Brisbane and for Australia. And a lot of that will be working with the Australian team that we eventually hire. You know, we don't know yet who our head of production is going to be, but that's certainly a role that we're looking forward to hopefully hiring someone local who can bring that knowledge and add to BrewDog because we are always learning in the pursuit of making the best possible beer that we can. And, and, and I guess that question goes less to BrewDog specifically, although BrewDog is one of the first independent um, breweries that has had the global aspirations that, that you've had. And we haven't seen too many. You know, we've seen Stone open in Germany. Mm -hmm. We've seen one or two others. But you guys have opened in the States, you're opening in China, and you're opening in Australia, so you've probably had the fastest uh, um, geographic spread. Um, and uh, for me, it crystallizes some of those issues about you know, relevance of uh, beer locally. And I was in Florence 18 months ago, and I, I think it was Florence or Bologna, when you're walking down the street and you suddenly come to a Brewdog bar, there's almost a dissonance that, um, you know, Italy has one of the strongest craft brewing cultures, one of the most distinctive craft brewing cultures, mm -hmm. and suddenly you see Brewdog, um, and you're sort of thinking, well, you know, how culturally relevant is you know, a big um, punk IPA uh, here when they've got very idiosyncratic uses of hops mm. in, 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 that have the same um, push against the generic commercial beer, but it's relevant to, to an Italian condition. Um, yeah, well, I hope it. I hope it, it really is relevant because you know the, the great things about our bars in, in Italy, for example, is that we have a, a, a brewdog bar, and what, what that means is that in, in that bar, you know, yes, the majority of beers are going to be ours, but what it also is is, a, is an awesome showcase for some fantastic local beers that are made in you know in that region of Italy as well, and that customer, whether it's a whether it's a brewdog shareholder or not, knows that if it's a brewdog bar, all they're going to get is hopefully nothing but fantastic service, a team of people behind the bar that absolutely live and breathe craft beer and just want to get people, new people in the door and be able to take them on that incredible journey which is actually all I've ever had before is a Peroni. Um, do, you, do you sell Peroni? No we don't but you know we've got this and whether it's a, a local beer that's made you know 10 miles away or whether it's you know our, our dead pony club that I'm drinking just now, it's it's that thing of, of being able to turn people's perception of you know what what is a a mass market um, product and people are living that life or for the majority of their lives unless unless someone takes them in and says actually you know try this beer it's not just a generic watered down and, and pasteurized out of existence uh, commodity it actually is something with malt um, you know hops yeast and water uh, that, that someone that makes it really really cares about and the, the whole brewery really care and they want to get it to you as quick as possible in the coldest supply chain as possible and make sure that when you're drinking that you know it's less than two weeks old and tastes absolutely fantastic and and, and hopefully that's what brewdog means to people uh, other than you know it's it's a, a brewery that's done pretty well and they've been able to grow um you know we're, we're not trying to dilute any message all we're trying to do is you know enable more people than we've ever had the reach to before be able to convert them and, and lead them on that journey in which you know, it maybe means that there's been an awesome brewery that's two minutes from their house but because they've never been, you know, had that moment of being changed or turned on to craft beer, 
because they've just driven past it every time. So now maybe next time when they're driving home, they say, actually, oh, there's a wee local brewery. We'll go in and mm-hmm. have a beer there, and, and you know, hopefully that's the start of their journey. Is there a risk, though, that you are so successful that you're like the tree that shades out all of the smaller trees around it? I don't think so, because you know all we're trying to do is, is yeah, sell our own beer and, and make it better uh, year on year, but we want to encourage all the other brewers around about us. You know, some of the best help we had when we were you know, a one, two, three, four-year-old company was going out to the States and speaking with the guys at Sierra Nevada, speaking with the guys at Stone, speaking with the guys at Flying Dog, and you know, they welcome you with open arms and they help you, they show you yeah. their filtration systems or, or their, their brew houses or you know, some of their technical department. And you know, it's, it's incredible that, that sharing of, of resource and, and helping people that are maybe just starting out a brewery be able to you know, cut out years two, three, and four and make the silly yeah. mistakes that have been made before. So ho- hopefully that's what, what we're able to do for a lot of other people. And I've said this to you before, Matt, that for me one of the most exciting things about joining BrewDog at the start was it wasn't we want to make other people as passionate about great BrewDog beer as we are, it's great craft beer. So like built into the company is always seeking out and trying new things. Last time I was in Scotland, I was having a great chat with Steve Ricketts who heads up our, our UK sales team. And he was talking about the meetings that he has with Tesco's, who are one of the biggest off-trade um, suppliers over there. And at the end of the meeting, he will always pull out a six-pack of the latest new brewery that he's really excited about. And the guys from Tesco get really confused. Why are we introducing them to another beer brand that isn't BrewDog? But for us, um, and that's kind of why we're so open about what we do and how we do it and want to share and collaborate, if what we've done to be successful helps the next people come up behind us, even if they're nipping at our heels, that's fantastic because it just encourages our team to be ever better and we don't want to become lazy. You know, the joy of the mission is that it's a long way from being fulfilled and there's so much between now and the horizon to keep us definitely busy and to to grow the pie, rise the tide, raise all boats. Um, You used the C word uh, back there, craft. Oh yeah. No, you're, I'm sure you're, <laughs> if you use that one, I'm sure. Oh, you're not sorry, right. um, <laughs> but uh, you, maybe you use it off mic more often than on mic. But uh, no, no, you use the craft um, word, and there has been a lot of discussion. You know, when Brewdog launched, and you know, ten years ago, craft was the big thing. It was different to, to macro lagers. We've seen the big brewers uh, invest fairly heavily in some great breweries, who, for the time being, are still making great beer. Um, has the relevance of that craft word, um, is, is that less important now? And th- th- this is a question for both of you. And is the focus more on independence th- these days? I think it's, it's a confusing term now because, you know, if I look back four years, you know, some of my favourite breweries, um, you know, Lagunitas, Firestone Walker, um, Ballast Point, um, Feral, you know, um, <laughs> And, and, you know, on the Friday that they are bought over by a, a big brewery, on the Monday, the beer still tastes the same. Um, and it's, it's very confusing, I think, for the, for the drinker to, to know, you know, what, what yeah. does craft mean mm. anymore? Yes, over time, you know, if you take Goose Island and mm. when that was uh, purchased and, and how that's developed now, where, you know, it's made in, in, in some of the, the bigger... Uh, in Bev plants, that's a confusing message because you know that Goose Island IPA is no longer the Goose Island IPA of, of, of before. Um, 
so, qualitatively or just ownership wise? I think a bit of both. You know, I, I, I don't know for sure how the recipe development there's gone, but I, I know that they'll be pushing that margin as hard as possible. Um, and that doesn't mean um, probably the way that, that the guys were making it at the time of purchase. And I think that's very confusing for the consumer. So I think that's where independent works works super, super well in that, uh, in, in that uh, you know, it, it's owned by the people that are, are making the beer. Um, and, mm. you know, if you take that general craft term um, that you were talking about before, it's, it's that thing for me is, okay, well, what does craft mean? For, for me, it means that the people that, that um, are pushing that company forward are, are solely focused on, on, on the product. Um, you know, if that beer is getting, and it doesn't have to be just beer, it could be wine, it could be spirits, mm. It could be chocolate, you know. If, if your focus is making that that beer or chocolate as good as possible, then I think that's kind of what craft means. And and, and scale, I think, is a, is pretty irrelevant in that. You know, you can have a, a tiny little brewery that doesn't give a shit about the beer. Excuse my language. Um, that's it's beer. That's okay. Okay. Um, so does that make them craft? Uh, or you can get guys like Sierra Nevada that are spending absolute top dollar and the most high-tech mm. uh, brewing operations that, that there is with their, their new one in, in Mills River and does that make them not craft when the whole focus of that um, owner and senior team is making fantastic beer um, does that then eliminate them from being craft I don't know what, what's your interpretation of it I, I I'm it's a daily grapple with yeah. me as I said it was I, I used to be much happier 15 years ago when you could just sort of say the big guys make shit beer, uh, highly um, well produced, um, but very uninspiring mm -hmm. beer. Um, you know, a mainstream market didn't inspire um, anybody to set up a, a, a website um, in, in praise of it, but craft beer has done that. Yep. Um, but that's where it's becoming more and more blurred. And uh, you know, Brewdog is at the forefront of that sort of blurring um, with the investment by TSG Partners. You alluded to. Uh, guys like Lagunitas, um, you know, and the, the pressure that was on them uh, to sort of change recipes or whatever, depending on profitability. And I guess TSG didn't invest 22% and something like 108 US, 108 million US dollars because they like the colour of your eyes or that they sort of... No, but they like the way the, the business is developed uh, and, and, you know, hopefully the, the trajectory that it's, that it's going. And that, that comes down to the fact that, you know, James and myself are hell-bent on making awesome beer, mm. not hell-bent on making the most money we can out of what we're doing. And, you know, that's what, what TSG invested into, and that's what we're doing um, as, as the BrewDog team is, is going mm. forward. It's, it's the same trajectory. But their investment, but, but, uh, and I hear what you're saying, and they like what you guys are doing, mm. but at the same time, surely they saw that what you were doing was going to make them money. Um, because it's an investment, they they want to see a return. Uh, otherwise, they would put their money in a in a bank or uh, somewhere else. So they obviously think that they can make a better return. They, they, they can allow us to continue on the trajectory that, that we envisaged, and mm -hmm. it's that it's the it's the growth that is the big capital burner. Um, so so even you know in, in Scotland this year, we're going to achieve to double our capacity in one year, um, off a base of about three hundred and fifty thousand hectares. Mm -hmm. So that, that that involves. An awful lot of uh, capital uh, just for that growth. So that's, in far as, as what we see, that's one little project. And then we've got the bar side that we want to invest in and grow that as well. And then we've got 
a project here in, in Brisbane <laughs> that we want to invest in and grow that as well. And you know, now looking at China and what we can do in China and build something and grow that as well. That that takes an awful lot of uh, of, of of money. So what what the TSG um, money allows us to do is, is to do maybe two or three of these things all at the same time. Can I, I don't know, add uh, something? Uh, absolutely, yeah. of course. I think for me, um, one of the things I think about a lot, and I agree that craft is a term that we can debate over many a beer, and I have with lots of different people, and, and my own opinion shapes and changes. But I guess a cautionary tale, coming having spent a lot of time in Newcastle, I think for Australia, is what happened to Blue Tongue. Um, and I met with a lot of people who had been involved with the Blue Tongue Brewery and are still devastated by what happened to that brewery. And I think, um, you know, for Australians, what could happen to what was at the time a great independent brewery, brewing some amazing beers that I think were ahead of the time, um, you know, was bought out by a bigger business, built a brand new facility that everyone was so excited about and then poured concrete down all the pipework because they decided that that brewery was competing with other brands on their balance sheet. And to me, that's the danger. When you get bought out by someone like AB InBev, you do become a line on their balance sheet. And depending on how many craft breweries they perhaps add to their portfolio, I think there will come a point where they will see them as competing against each other. And when that happens, who are they gonna cut? And they have the um, ability to, to make that cut and make it really brutal. Um, and that's something that for me, is almost motivating. Like I actually really don't like some of the historical behavior of the big breweries here in Australia where they've chosen to instead, as I said, pour concrete down pipework and destroy equipment instead of share it. Whereas you look to America and the amazing craft beer community that's come up over there. And what happens when people finish with their equipment is they sell it on to someone else. For us in our brewery in Fraserburgh, that was sold on to other brewers in the UK. And it still is churning out incredible beer. Um, I think that is something that right now um, the breweries that have recently sold out are still brewing great quality beer and that's fantastic and, and good for them, they've worked hard. Um, but I do think that over time, in the long term, um, that will be the difference and we will see brands eventually competing against each other within ABI's portfolio that someone's got to go. Um, yes, BrewDog, we do have the TSG group involved, but at the end of the day, we're not trying to sell any other beer than BrewDog. Mm. That is absolutely our focus. And, and well, I'll bring it back to, to Brisbane just a second because I know that we've only got a few more minutes. Um, but I guess that's the thing. Uh, there, there is a certain transparency behind ownership. When you sell out to um, Coca-Cola or when you sell out to CUB, that you know exactly where, you know, despite all their promises, they've got a track record. Um, and, you know, you, you know that they are a big brewery um, with an interest in high efficiency beer. Um, when, when you take uh, a 22% investment from someone like TSG, it's a bit of a black box. Um, it's all commercial. You know, when you start asking, well, what, you know, what guarantees have they got or what control do they exert? Um, you know, it's all commercial. They're, they're, they're all massive uh, craft beer fans and drinkers now. You know, good. <laughs> so, so they don't drink PBR? No, they're, they're, they're massively in, into, into craft beer and, and you know, it's a pleasure every time we see those guys and um, you know, they're, they're great because they're able to see what's happening in some of the American markets. They can add a lot of input in, into some of the strategic decisions we're making. But at the end of the day, um, you know, our, our whole senior team is, is driven by that same thing of if we focus on the important things like making the best beer we can, looking after our team and our people and uh, our wider community, then, uh, you know, everything else sort of fits in, in place without thinking about it too hard. 
Um, to, to bring it back, I'll ask one more question about BrewDog generally. And when I was uh, preparing for, for this chat, um, did what everyone does, jumped on uh, Google, Googled your name, came up with LinkedIn, looked at your LinkedIn profile, and all of the uh, BrewDog names that were beside you, people in senior positions, um, almost all of them were women. Uh, BrewDog seems to be very much leading in terms of uh, putting women into senior roles. What's your, and Zara is no, no exception, that your head in the US is, a, is another female, very unusual. Is that a deliberate approach or is I that? I would say we're very much a meritocracy. You know, we're looking for the, the best people to, to fill, up, uh, fill up our team. And, and you know, if that's a man, great. If it's a woman, great. It's like, let's get the best people for the job. I, I mean, I don't think we, we spend much time, if any, you know, trying to work out if it's if it's now the next role is for a man or the next role is for a woman. It's, it's we know what we're trying to do and we want to speak to as many people as possible and get, and get the best people on board for that ride. Okay, just to, to finish up, uh, Brewdog Brisbane um, just been announced uh, today. Um, what's the uh, timetable? Uh, when, when are we looking at uh, groundbreaking? When are we, you know, what's the story? <laughs> well, I still have the development application to work through now, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, look, all going well with the DA um, being improved in, in according to, I guess, the timelines that are in place. We hope to be on site and building by sort of July, August, and we hope to be welcoming people um, through the doors very early 2019. So wow. okay. it is a greenfield site, so we're building the whole thing from scratch. Uh, the equity for punks that closed uh, just in January or late December, mm -hmm. um, you had a £10 million target and then there were various stretch targets. Mm -hmm. You didn't uh, reach that. One of the uh, blocks of, for the stretch target was earmarked for the Australian brewery. Um, is there, is, does that, has that had any impact on uh, your plans, not having that, those additional funds? or? Oh, I, I mean, the equity... Punk's still still open at the moment. Oh, it's so still open. Okay, yeah, yeah. got extended. So yeah, everything's looking good for for uh, the majority of things on that list. Yep. I think I'm gonna arm wrestle with Martin later to get a sweet extra couple of million here and there to build my empire and hopefully that jetty that we can have all the kayaks park out up. All the kayaks yeah. and hopefully get a city cat there. Yeah, if we could, that would be the dream. I don't know how city council feel about that, and I need to keep them on my good side. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's the value of the investment? Is there, like, can you say anything around you know, what the, the, the value of the, the, the brewery that's been earmarked? I mean, it's a, it's a $30 million um, project. Mm -hmm. And how much of that's coming from BrewDog, and how much of that is coming from other sources? Um, Ooh, that is a good question. Well, for us, um, we're actually building the brewery with, uh, we're going to lease the brewery. So it's a local development business that are going to build that for us and have been yep. going through the design and construct phase. Um, I don't know about the split so much. Um, they'll probably be investing about 10 million in that build. Um, and then over time, we've got earmarked about 20 million Australian mm -hmm. dollars to invest through in you know, building the lab, building the tap room um, and our bar division as that grows. Um, but that is... Yeah, I guess uh, that investment does depend on how things go for us yep. over the next few years as we well, look to launch in should, Australia. should drop in pretty quick. Okay, so who owns the uh, brewery site? So BrewDog doesn't actually own the site, you're just uh, leasing or licensing it? Yep, so it's a long-term lease and for us, we I guess 
coming to Australia, we weren't so interested in having land. We found the perfect partner in MPD Group because they've built some amazing facilities. Yep. Um, not breweries before, so it's been a great learning curve for them. And um, they came out and visited us in Scotland to really understand uh, what we're looking for. We're confident we found the best partners in that. Um, oh gosh, I forgot your original question. No, so so uh, you don't own the. Oh no, so yeah, we don't. So just leasing the. Just the, leasing the, sorry, it. So it's a long-term lease, term lease um, and we feel like they're a long-term partner. Um, there's room for us to continue to grow on that site, um, and we're just going to have to see see how things go. But we're confident that they're the right people for us to partner up with. Um, should we ever need to relocate in the future? Um, how many jobs are we looking at uh, being created locally? Yeah, we're looking at 150 jobs over the next five years. Mm -hmm. And what sort of volumes uh, have you got projected? Uh, are we going to see a fairly fast? Um... I mean, it's a it's a it's a 50 hectolitre brew house, so you know the end capacity of that. If you're max out full of tanks, you can get to probably 100,000 hectolitres. But you know, year one, I think we'd be looking to achieve about 20,000 hectolitres, something like that. If we're lucky, yeah, yeah, that's certainly the the aim. But we've got a lot to learn over the next. 12 months, I guess, between now and when that brewery opens up to understand the market and the opportunities that there are. Terrific. Well, uh, Martin, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, welcome to Australia. Congratulations on, on the announcement. Zara, thank you very much for joining us uh, on uh, Australian Brews News. And uh, yeah, all the best for uh, a smooth build and uh, those planning uh, <laughs> permissions. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having us. Awesome. I'm waiting to get another surf line. And that was Zara Pryor and Martin Dickey from BrewDog. As always, you can let us know what you think about BrewDog's plans by leaving a comment on the site or our Facebook page or by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. If you enjoyed the conversation and would like to hear more interviews with the people who make the beer you drink, we have two podcasts, Beer is a Conversation and Radio Brews News. You can subscribe through your favourite podcast platform. Just search Radio Brews News. We thank our presenting partners, Cry Malt and Brewpack, for their support in producing the show. Just as a lot of great beer would not be in your glass without them, this show would not be in your earphones without them, and we appreciate their support. We will join you again later this week for more beer conversations as well as brews news and analysis through Radio Brews News. Cheers. Cheers.